If you are listening to the sound of my voice, you have arrived at the season one finale of Breakfast with Brent Pope. And you can thank me later because my guest today plays Keith Chambers, the on-again, off-again, reformed Satan worshiper on HBO's brilliant comedy, The Righteous Gemstones. He also played legend Ozzy Osbourne in the Motley Crue biopic, The Dirt. He was Dewey Finn on Nickelodeon's School of Rock, but wait... There's more. He just happens to be in the main company of one of the most prestigious comedy clubs in the world because Tony Cavallaro is a groundling. So we will talk about what it was like climbing in that mountain. So buckle up. It's going to be a bumpy but hilarious ride because we have Tony Cavallaro for the season one finale of Breakfast. Pick it up. Welcome to Breakfast with Brent Pope. Breakfast. This young lady just smashed the lids on all these cakes in the bakery section. <laughs> my uh, guest today. Oh, I'm going to need to hear all about that. He adds character to my crew. <laughs> As you just said, you're not a prostitute. What? Welcome to Breakfast with Brent Pope. Great place to hang out and good food, too. I'm always playing blue collar guys. Somebody screwed through the pipe. I wouldn't jump up and down until we stabilize the hydraulics. Some salsa and some sour cream some guacamole. Who doesn't love that? It's breakfast time. The only show where bacon, pancakes, Hollywood. I'm your host, Brent Pope. Tony Cavallaro. Hey, Welcome. Welcome to breakfast. Thank you for having me. Um, yes. Man, can I just have that intro uh, on repeat so I can lay it into my ocean sounds when I meditate? Sure. <laughs> Or if, you know, if, if you ever decide you want to become like a pro wrestler, I can be like, <laughs> Ooh, I'll, coming yeah. into the ring, we've got Tony Cavallaro. <laughs> Did you just read my mind, dude? You know, that's like one of my dreams. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I could see you, by the way, playing a pro wrestler in a movie, serious or, or oh, fun. Uh, you kind of had that look. You got the golden, you know, the luscious locks. Dude, you know? anything to get super jacked, super tan and go horse every day. Any of those dudes from the 80s, Warrior, Mr. Perfect, Jake the Snake, Brian Pillman. I was a, like kind of a heel guy. I was into like Honky Tonk Man. Oh, yeah. He's great. Uh, actually, I did like Coco Beware, too. Oh, dude, with the parrot? Are you yeah, kidding me? Yeah, with the me? parrot. <laughs> well, Tony, you and I met through the kind of the sketch comedy world. Yep. Um, and, you know, kind of that was pretty early, I think, in, in both of our careers, you know, before we had uh, any uh, – well, I think like maybe 2009. I, yeah, I didn't have any TV appearances at that point. I don't think I, I didn't. Have yeah, I mean, those were that was just a dream <laughs> at that point. I think we were both screwed around. We did this thing together. It was like we were supposed to get all these great meetings if you won this uh, sketch cage match competition. And we ended up, my team uh, ended up going against your team in the very first round. And we were probably two of the very best teams. in. So yeah. it was a little weird. And then I think I told you the story is like we won by two votes, but it was because my friend said, yeah, we were the last two people uh, that got in. So it's just like whoever got the last people in. But the point I'm trying to make is we the night before had all gone out and we were at Toy, I think, yep. uh, having some Thai food. Yes. And and that was one of the first times I had really talked to you. And I was like, and I saw this thing in your eyes. I was like, this guy is going to go places because he's got this he's got this Aww. intensity and this motivation in his eyes. So it's one of those people like I, I respect that. Uh, it was it, you're a guy that has goals and you go after them in a, in a in a smart way. You know what I mean? Thanks, man. Um, that means a lot. So I predicted this. So uh, you know, maybe three to five percent I can get of all your future earnings because I was the one that believed in you first. 
dude, direct deposit <laughs> or do you want a hard copy check or direct deposit? <laughs> oh gosh. Uh, let's save some paper, you know? I mean, <laughs> yeah, I guess. Um, but yeah, uh, I was always a big fan of you in the sketch comedy. And then, um, you know, obviously you, I did, I used to sub in for your group, Robert Downey Jr. Jr., which I that still, was so still, fun. still makes me laugh, <laughs> the, the name of that, that team. And I'm friends with a lot of people on that team still. But you grew up in the Virginia area. Yep, right outside of Washington, D.C., yeah. a little town called Annandale, Virginia. Okay. Yep, grew up there, you know, spent my whole life there, went to college for a bit, and then moved out right afterwards to, to Los Angeles, so quite the, the the shock to the system. You went to VMI? Yep. Virginia Military Institute, is that what that yep. is? Yeah. Okay, so... You know what do you what do you think you learned from uh, VMI? Was there something about the was there discipline that you learned? That you yeah, like? you know the the thing is is that you know obviously it's a it's a unique experience. Any kind of a military discipline experience, I guess you know the idea of you know kind of keeping your head down and pushing through the uh, you know the adversity, you know, cause yeah. they have a hell week there, you know, it's just like a boot camp or anything like that. Right. You know, your shoes have got to be shined. You got to show up on time. Your bed's got to be made all that normal, you know, what you would associate with military school. I mean, right. it is like the little things that kind of, you know, go a long way. Um, I feel like, you know, just as far as work goes, I think, you know, if people can trust that you're going to be on time, that you're going to know your lines, you're going to be prepared, you know, you've, that's half the battle, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so I feel like in that kind of sense, and then obviously it gave me kind of a, you know, a unique perspective that, um, I don't think, you know, too, too many, uh, people in LA have, you know, obviously anyone that went to West Point or the Naval Academy or the Air Force Academy or Citadel, you know, they're right. all very similar experiences, but Definitely uh, off of center for most your uh, Hollywood stories. Yeah. Well, look, now I'm thinking about it. Maybe that's what I kind of recognized in you because I was a, I was a Navy guy for a couple of years. That's right. Uh, they had a two-year – well, they had a two-year active, six-year inactive thing, which I jumped on. And then um, I was – so I was in Norfolk for two years. Uh, but you're right, that whole – idea of uh, having a routine and having to do things a certain way and having expectations, I think has served both of us pretty well. Oh, yeah. What did you do in the Navy, bro? I Since I was only in for two years, they make you go in as like a bosun's mate, which the, what the bosun's mates do is we uh, deck preservation because <coughs> you're okay. always in salt water. So every time you pull into port, you're painting the ship because it's always constantly getting salt on it. And ah, you have to okay. like, yeah, you, you also are the ones that steer the ship. You're the helmsman. Uh, you're also the ones on uh, watch in the front, uh, the the front and the aft of the ship, uh, the fore and the aft of the ship uh, at night, in case there's things that you can't catch on the radar. You know, <laughs> looking for things Whoa, in water dude. that aren't that aren't uh, metal. You know. And how big so, was the ship you were stationed on? It was an LPD, which is uh, technically is a landing port dock, and okay. it has this uh, thing in the back, like a pneumatic gate called a stern gate, that opens up, and then the you ballast water into the back of the ship, which is a big hole that has a bunch of ships in it with, with Marines. So you, you'd launch a bunch of Zodiac boats. And uh, I don't remember what those things are called. Those big things they transport, those big clunky things yep, that they yep. transport people in uh, that they used in like World War II even. You still yep. see those things. That's what they would launch. And all we had was a couple 50 cals on the boat. So we're, we're not supposed to last. We're supposed to be able to launch the Marines 
and let them do their thing. Yeah, you know? get out. Many more Marines on the ship than than there were Navy guys. Let's talk a little bit about groundlings because it's yeah. uh, if you don't know, so many people that went on to like SNL and famous people like uh, Will Ferrell, Sherry O'Terry, uh, going all the way back like Pat Morita, right, Mister Miyagi. Yeah, just so many big. Who are who are your heroes at at groundlings? Um, um, and don't forget Phil Lamar, Jordan Black. Um, oh yeah, no, I'm not forgetting. I just like there's so Maya many Rudolph. of them. You tell me. I mean, it's crazy. Oh, and, yes, I mean, my comedy hero growing up was Farley. You know what I yeah, mean? And yeah. so I really didn't know anything when I moved to LA mm-hmm. and I was doing background work and a friend sure. of mine doing background work with me was like, Hey, you're, you're funny. You should go audition for the Groundlings." So I didn't really have any clue what it was. And I just remember that first class I took, I, I just immediately connected with, you know, the style of that character driven style of comedy there. And, right. um, you know, Farley being my hero, seeing that, you know, so many people had gone from the Groundlings to SNL, I kind of uh, was able to get laser focused with improv. And then, you know, obviously branched out and met you and was doing stuff at UCB and Second City and IO West. Well, and, you know, I thought of someone else, too, that I think is very great. Uh, Melissa McCarthy, right? Oh, my gosh. Uh, And it's crazy because you'll see... If you go to the Groundlings and you'll see a, a person developing as as a person in the company there, you'll see these characters, and then like five to ten years later, you'll see that movie about that, or you'll see that character right. on SNL, you know, which is a, a very cool thing to me. Um, I, you know, I have a story that that well, you know this story, but you don't know that I know this story. Uh, my friend, I one of my writing partners is a guy named Jeremy Briggs, who you know from the Groundlings, oh, right? I love Jeremy. So, so Jeremy and I have this animated, uh, <laughs> animated uh, musical show that we're we're trying to pitch around. But Jeremy told me, you know, when he was, uh, what happens is you go through all the Groundlings classes, and then you have to audit. Then they decide if you're going to get in the Sunday Company. Yep. Right. And then from Sunday Company, if you there, then you could become a full Groundling. So that's the whole kind of gamut of where you could be. I made it through like I I was at a point where I was very green when I started there and I didn't make it into the like, the writing lab even so that's where I kind of washed out and I just decided I'm just gonna do other stuff but I wish I had gone on but anyway Jeremy got to the point where he might have he he could have been picked for Sunday Company and he didn't make it you know and he told me he's like you know what the nicest person during this whole thing was Tony Cavalier because Tony Cavalier called me up and said hey dude there's no rhyme or reason to this right. And so I, I was like, that's that I like uh, a lot of actors. There are some actors that are so inside of their own heads that they can't uh, express that to other people, you know. And so the fact that you did that, that told me a lot about your heart. And, you know, even though it didn't happen to me, I still appreciated it. Well, you know, <clears throat> the system there, it's not, you know, it, it's it's not the best. You know, it's it's flawed. And, you know, they're hope, you know, we're constantly working to to make it better and to improve as a theater. And, and I, you know, the thing is, is that, you know, my wife was cut from Sunday company, Yeah, you know? So it was really important to me. People pour their heart and their souls into that theater and that school. And uh, to then have it just end abruptly kind of, you know, sometimes out of nowhere, it just, it sucks, you know? And so I try to do my best, you know, especially if I've made friends going through the system to reach out and thank them so much for keeping me entertained and for taking classes and right. for helping to keep, you know, the theater, um, 
going. But Jeremy, for for one, I just I've always loved him. Dude, he's such a sweet guy and so darn funny. And you know, we were always doing classes together. And I think he used to come out a couple times to iOS when we would go over there. Yeah, yeah, he was there. Um, yeah, that's that's well, that's very cool to me. And uh, so let's run through this because I probably know I'm going to say conservatively a hundred people. I don't know anyone who made it all the way kind of to the top. And, you know, like you said, it's not a perfect system. They're, they're trying to work towards it. Uh, but ultimately there's only 30 people that get to be in the main company. So there's going to be tough cuts that have to be made, you know? Yep. Um, so what was that like when you finally find out, Hey, I made it into the, I mean, was it, uh, relief? Was it like exhilaration? Was it both of those? Was it something else? I think it was, you know, obviously it was amazing. You know, you work so hard, you know, in, in that Sunday company had really become my life. Um, but honestly it was pretty, <laughs> it was pretty, um, I was torn because at the same time I was, I had auditioned for Saturday night live the year before I got into the, the main company and that had been really exciting. And then you kind of get into the main company and it was still kind of like, Oh, the newbie, you know? So yeah. I wasn't getting to put up, you know, as much stuff as I had gotten to in Sunday and eventually didn't get another shot at SNL. So, you know, and my wife had been cut. So it, you know, again, it's, it's like one of those things where like you work, you work, you work. And I've always said this, you know, truly the best experience at the groundlings is that Sunday company experience. It it, it really is. There's it. it, And it's more like Saturday night live in the, in the fact that like you are writing every single week, brand, a brand new show. Yeah. And then when you get into the main company, you do the same show for three months. So that excitement in the, in the speed of the Sunday company is just, uh, it's bananas and it causes such a, a crazy, heightened energy that that uh you know you don't you don't have that same experience in the main company tony you actually are pretty good friends with uh, a couple episodes back ramon diocampo yep and you guys met each other through i believe the martial arts world is that right dude so like um ramon's little brother migo was like my best friend uh for a long time growing up and we all did martial arts together I did karate, uh, taekwondo in Northern Virginia for like 11 years. And so did my brother. And we would travel the country and we were all on the same taekwondo team. And it's just so weird. So Ramon lives in LA and is an actor. And then uh, our other buddies, Kofi Ayadam, he's a, he's a stuntman and doubles um, uh, uh, the Black Panther. Black Panther, yeah. Yes, and then our other friend, Arnold Chan, is a super famous stunt guy. And he's been in Wild Hogs and Destiny's Child music videos and has done some fight choreography himself and is trying to do some directing. And then my other buddy, Gio Corvera, is another um, amazing stunt guy who has done all kinds of different work. The Rundown and um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Sicario. And, and now we're all living in L.A. I mean, it's like literally a, a, a little taekwondo community uh and half of us are out here in la now that's amazing you guys should have like a whole taekwondo based uh show you know oh, yeah. 
Dude, don't <laughs> steal my idea. <laughs> hold well, on. I was always the little fat white kid, you know. Wait, hold on. I'm, I'm calling my manager real quick. So I can oh, good, good, good. Monday. It's something different, something different. Not, not what you just said. Oh, no, good, good, good. <laughs> no, <Yeah>. go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> the right of a text. But anyways, it's so great to just, you know, Ramon's been so kind to me. I mean, I remember I got my first dramatic audition. I can't even remember when this was, like 2010 or something like that. And I called Ramon and I was literally like, I don't have any idea how to even audition. I mean, that was the thing. Even when I tested for Saturday Night Live, I had maybe had one audition before that, like one real TV audition besides, you know, the commercial thing, which is just so different. Um, But uh, he kind of walked me through the steps and said, well, you know, I always do this with my sides. You know, if, you know, on sides, there's that extra space where they have X's through it. And it's like, we're not doing this section, jump to the next section. Well, he, he did a really cool thing. He taught me, he's like, go in. And if there are big sections missing like that, type out your lines, type out your lines and type out the other person's lines. So you just have the lines that are going to be used because you don't want to have to be flipping through paper, looking through your lines. And so I kind of do the same thing, but I, I, um, I cut up my sides. I cut them up and then tape them together so it's only the lines needed and then I Xerox them or, you know, copy them. And, um, but he was just so nice and kind of walked me through that process and we've kind of stayed in touch uh, ever since. We actually all did a Zoom for his little sister's uh, birthday a few weeks yeah. back. <laughs> Well, it's look, all these things are being tied together. Now, I don't know if you remember this. There was a time, so you mentioned your friend Arnold. Yes. Um, there was a time we were all at, we were at separate tables. I was with my wife, Tressa, and you you were with Arnold at another table at uh, Gyukaku, which is one of those places where you make your oh own food. Oh, my gosh. Japanese yeah. food, really good. And then Tressa and I both kind of looked. She goes, is that my friend Arnold? And I turn around. I go, hey, that he's that's Tony. And then <laughs> so, we, oh. so we came over and she was like, hey, Arnold. And I was like, hi, Tony. And then you hadn't met Tressa at this point. Uh, not not in Los Angeles. But you, Tressa was like, oh, I said, hey, this is Tony. And she goes, oh, hi, I'm Tressa. And you said, she's like, no, Tressa, we know each other. Like, it's me, little Tony. Like you hadn't. She, my wife was really good friends with Ramon in college. So you guys had met her. Uh, I'm sure a million times over the, I was always at the Dio Campos house. I mean, literally dude, we watched me and Migo watched Ace Ventura two, um, (laughs) probably 150 times. Wow. And I would spend the night over there and, uh, we would watch when nature calls, um, WNC, uh, just over and over again. And uh, they they were, they are such a wonderful family. So it's so cool to stay connected. And what a weird small world, man! It's yeah, everything just becomes this weird small world. Um, I really want to talk about righteous gemstones because I, you know, I kind of loved all of these uh, Danny McBride, uh, Walton Goggins type vehicles, uh, and some of them didn't have Walton Goggins, but like. Eastbound and Down, Vice mm-hmm. Principles, and then Righteous Gemstones is just like oh, I, I, I know, I don't know this family, but I feel like I know this family that's like running this mega church in the South, right. and uh, I, it's got to be to me that's kind of a, a one of the, a dreamy type role to be in this type of show about a mega church, and you get to play the guy that's like this reformed or maybe he's not. Uh, Satan worshiper. How was the audition process first? That about that first of all, and how do you feel about playing that type of role? Well, dude, I mean, you want to talk about a dream? I mean, you know, I did five years on a Nickelodeon show and hadn't worked in like 
I worked one day in eight months. I, I did the Aussie, the Aussie part, which uh-huh. was a one day of work. Um, on the the on the dirt, which the is dirt. the biopic. You guys can watch exactly. that on Netflix. Yeah, check it out. And uh, I did one day of work in between School of Rock getting canceled and then getting the Righteous Gemstones. I think it was something like eight months. And I was just freaking out. And my wife was writing uh, with one of her writing partners who had just came over to our place for a writing meeting and had just come from auditioning to play Danny's wife and uh, and kind of told Annie about the script. And she was like, I've got to read it. And Annie read it and then was like, Tony, you have to go in for this show. You know, you, you've got to get in. So I kept trying to audition for Danny's little brother because I hadn't known that Adam had been cast yet. And um, they were pushing to get me, you know, Annie's checking in with me, but I'm checking in with my manager. You know, it's not, it's not seeming like I'm going to get an audition. Well, lo and behold, the casting director um, had taken her daughters to go see School of Rock at the Pantages. And they loved ah. it so much. She said, you know, there's a Nickelodeon show based off of the movie and the play too. And she watched a couple episodes and my headshot that I guess had been forcibly trying to get into audition finally went across her desk and she said, Oh, oh yeah, I'll see this guy. I, I just want to meet him. I guess bring him in for that weird role that like, you know, and Keith had been written, you know, uh, aged up a little bit and then very heavy set originally. Yeah. And, uh, so I remember Annie and I workshopped it. Um, and I, I, I had some inspiration from a, a character I had done once at the groundlings and then, Another character I had done in, in this this sketch with uh, Josh McDermott. Do you remember the insecurity guards? Oh yes, yeah, yes. So I do. <laughs> we kind of mixed those in and gave him a southern accent, and I kind of added some weird physicalities. And uh, the next thing you know, man, luck and hard work and being blessed and all that good stuff came together. And I mean, I just lucked out with this magical role with this wonderful group wow. of people and. You know, I mean, just that's amazing. And, you know, you mentioned, uh, you know, our friend, you're much closer friends with him. I am. I consider him a friend. I've met him a bunch of times. Josh McDermott, who plays Eugene on The Walking Dead for years now. Yeah. Also, it's just like all these tentacles of, of all our comedy world are all spread out all over the place and uh, uh, yeah. doing magical, great things. And I and I'm, I'm so impressed and happy about all of it, you know. Yeah. And um, he's just a, a dream of a person, too. He actually officiated our wedding. <laughs> oh really yeah yeah i remember uh you know one of the, the best conversations i had with josh was we we i found out that we're both big andy kaufman fans and so like uh i need to talk in depth with him about that sometime because i, I, oh, andy I kaufman is, is is my biggest influence you know i was the kid that was just like always playing pranks on people you know and and <laughs> It wasn't necessarily concerned that it was only funny to me, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Righteous Gemstones, you were – now, so to give us context, you actually had started shooting season two of Righteous Gemstones. Yep. Uh, two days you shot? We shot for two days, and then we shut down for um, for uh, the pandemic. And then and we just uh, don't know when the heck anything's going to go back to normal, which right. is totally fine because – I think we'd all rather be safe than sorry, you know? Right. And so, you know, uh, as a result, and there's stories like this all over the place, you've been, you live in Los Angeles, but you've mm-hmm. been in South Carolina since March. Exactly. It's <laughs> very yeah. interesting. Yep. It, it, since March, but you know, it's, it's, it's lovely down here. I'm, you know, I, I think the pandemic mixed with, um, 
everything else going on in the world has kind of brought more politics to the surface than we would love, uh-huh. but um, right. it's absolutely gorgeous. And uh, we just figured it'd be safer to stay out here. And, you know, we, we drove across the country where we were driving back. So we just right. Um, right. Hung, hung tight out here. And, uh, you know, I'm closer to my mom and her partner who are still up in Northern Virginia. So yeah, uh, it just seemed like the right decision. Righteous Gemstones. Let's get back to that for a second. I, I, the show is so funny, and uh, uh, no, I can't wait for season two to come out also. Uh, I have to mention, I think one of your most famous scenes is the famous t-shirt scene. Uh, <laughs> where, where so, and you know what I mean. So, uh, uh, and guys, if, you, if, you're not, if you're a fan of like wacky, really smart comedies, you gotta, you got to watch the Righteous Gemstones. But there's a scene where, I don't remember what happens, but everyone comes out at night. Something happens outside, and everyone comes out in their whatever they wear to bed and you come out wearing like almost like the Janet from Three's uh, from yeah. Three's Company <laughs> yes. which is the uh, you know the t-shirt just the t-shirt and then everyone's like talking and then all of a sudden uh you know I think Adam is like uh buddy I don't think you your shirt's as long as you think it is <laughs> and we see you know, <laughs> <laughs> just a little tip of the doodle, you know, uh, hanging out. <laughs> so the, I mean, clearly, I remember reading that in the script and just laughing out, like laughing hysterically out loud. And I think, that, I honestly think that's the only time I'm in the whole episode is that yeah. little cold open part at the very beginning where well, he goes, I don't think that shirt's as long as you think it is, bud. If you want bang for your buck, that's what you do. You know what I mean? You get that scene. You didn't have to be in anything else. That's all anyone was talking about the rest of the, the episode was, you know, oh, Keith, man. And then I was thinking, like, well, as the practical actor that's been on, on set, I was like, was that was that Tony or was that uh, – I was like, it probably wasn't Tony, but I don't know. You know, maybe he got paid extra and then, you know, was willing to show it off. Maybe I don't know. The world may never know, bro. <laughs> My lips are sealed, homie. That's right. <laughs> Well, uh, hilarious scene. Uh, congrats on that season one. Uh, I'm hoping that there's going to be a lot more to explore with Keefe. Um, but we will see, I guess. We shall see, bro. Dude, are we going to talk about our donuts? Uh, yeah. Let's look before we go any further. <laughs> let's talk about our, I'm calling it our uh, donut deluge. Yes. With, with Brent and Tony Cavallero. You're in South Carolina. I'm in Los Angeles. We both went out and got some of our favorite donuts, and we're going to talk about them right now. Where did you end up going for your uh, donut um, deluge? Okay. So there's a few spots here. There's a place that I've been dying to go to. It was just a little out of the way called Swank Desserts. But if you're here, I believe it's in Somerville. Um, they have amazing donuts. Um and then also there's a place called um, the Fractured Prune, which is right down the street. But they do cake donuts, which isn't my favorite. So we found a new place called Baked Charleston, B-K-E-D Charleston. And they do square donuts, as you'll see in the photos. They yeah. have all kinds of crazy flavors. They do yeast donuts. They do traditional cake donuts. They also do cronuts and vegan donuts. So I have smashed today – Mm-hmm. I have done a – I just finished a cookies and cream cronut, which was a vanilla frosting with a some kind of a cookie crumble on top cronut, which was <laughs> – I'm going to be sick. And uh, then yeah. I had a yeast uh, old school 
strawberry frosted donut, which was incredible. And then I also had an OG glazed um, donut, also a yeast version. But their yeast version, dude, it's not like a Krispy Kreme where it's really pillowy and delicate. It's definitely mm-hmm. got a little more dough in there, which is super delicious, but um, uh, also very rich. So three, I've probably had my calories for two weeks. I went to a place. I discovered this place in Portland, uh, Oregon, a place called Blue Star Donuts. And now there's a couple of them in Los Angeles. Only Ooh. one of them is open right now. It's in uh, Venice. And I think the way they describe themselves and the way I describe them is it's it's um, it's donuts for adults. So it's very uh, mature flavor profiles. Tressa got this uh, chocolate almond ganache, which was a uh, super chocolatey richness. My favorite oh. lemon, and you'll see the pictures of this too. And they'll all be on the 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 uh, Facebook page and and on and on my Instagram social media. Lemon poppy buttermilk old fashioned donut. Oh. Yeah, and you know, you, since you mentioned the square donut, it's an old fashioned, but then on top of it, there's like a little inset. It looks like a almost like if you took a wedding ring, where it's got like the diamond shaped diamond on top. Mm-hmm. That's on top of the donut, you know. So it's a little square on top of the donut. <laughs> All of a sudden, I feel like I could eat one more donut. Right, do it. I mean, lemon's like my favorite flavor profile. I mean, strawberry donuts is one thing, but like. Um, did you see that Krispy Kreme had been, they did this like weird flavors a a few weeks back, like a month and a half ago. Mm -hmm. So I tried their strawberry one and I think I tried their lemon one because, um, and they had a key lime that I didn't, didn't get to try, but I was like, this is purely my heaven. Yeah. I tried the key lime. It was pretty good. It was pretty good. It Mm. It was pretty good. Um, but I also, I also had a hard apple cider fritter, which I, I could just feel myself getting fatter eating that thing. It, it's oh. just had so much sugar and so much, like, kind of oily goodness, you know. <laughs> they have one that they don't have right now in Portland, which was my favorite, which was a a, a PB, like an adult PB&J. So it's like, it's a, it's a, uh, it's got Marionberry jelly inside of it, and then it's got, like, peanut butter powder on top of it. So... Uh, you know, when you're back in town after you after this, Ooh. you know, after we're allowed to move around, after you finish shooting gemstones, we'll go down to Venice and get some uh, some of these donuts at, Do- at Blue Star. And if I'm in uh, South Carolina, that's your your place sounds great too. Oh, um, yeah. I also had a blueberry bourbon basil donut, which was uh, pretty pretty tasty. Whoa! Pretty tasty all of, yeah, these are a little more mature than I think my tastes. I mean, normally I'm more of like a. I guess if I'm gonna pick one donut and it's a yeast, I'm gonna it's not I'm gonna go with the maple bar, which is the oh. same, not the shape of a donut, but that's that's my dude. number one favorite. I, I'm, I'm so in. So when I was growing up in Northern Virginia, and dude, Arnold used to come with me all the time. Um, there was a place on the corner, like three blocks up the street from my house, and we would walk Lee's Donuts, and they had a strawberry glazed donut that was yeast a yeast fried donut and then it had like a strawberry glaze with like real strawberry bits in it. Ooh. Oh man. And the only thing I can say is, you know, if you tried the crispy cream strawberry glaze, that's honest that's more like a regular original glaze that they did there, uh-huh. but if you were to thicken that and put that on top like a chocolate glazed, it was yeah. that. I mean, real strawberries and man, 
I, my entire childhood obesity, we can account to those strawberry glazed donuts. <laughs> wow. Thank you for uh, doing that donut deluge with me. That was very fun. Oh, that was and, so uh, fun. Any excuse. And Annie, Annie, my wife, is very happy as well. I think she just had um, a chocolate sea salt yeast. Wow. Yeah. Okay. It is now time for our segment where we put up questions online. And now we're going to see what Tony Cavallaro and I think of those questions. Breakfast Quick Bites. Ooh, tasty. Breakfast Quick Bites. Quick Bites. Quick Bites. Breakfast Quick Bites. Breakfast, the most important meal of the day. Tony Cavallaro, you are a person. I did my research. You're an Eagle Scout. Yes. And you're also a black belt in Taekwondo. Yep. Uh, is one of those skills, those skill sets more helpful in being a comedic actor? Which one? If so, which one? Ooh, I'd have to say Taekwondo only based on the fact that like physically it's allowed me, you know, the fact that like, you know, flexibility and endurance and discipline, all of that, you know, I lean so much into physical comedy. And so yeah. it's really helped me in that, in that area. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. I've often thought of you as like, um, it's funny that you said you Farley was your guy because you can tell that's kind of your style. Yeah. But it's like Farley that went that that was in the gym all the time. You know, like that's <laughs> that's good. <laughs> Jim Farley. Jim Farley. There you go. <laughs> um. All right, I accept that. And uh, Eagle Scout's good stuff too. But I don't. But I, you know, I think it's, you also get some of that from the your military training. But yeah. Yeah, you gotta. You know, how can I write a sketch around um, tying knots? Yeah. <laughs> That's your challenge this week. If you're right. on a reality show sometime, cut some comedy uh, challenge show. Here's your challenge this week. Right. You write a sketch, a sketch around, tying, around knots. tying knots and go. Yeah. <laughs> you got to use clove hitch in there. You know, I think that's a funny. Uh, oh, yeah. Or uh, sheep's, yeah. sheep's bend. Two oh, half hitches. Sheep's bend. There, you topped it. Sheep's bend. <laughs> <laughs> Breakfast quick bite number two. Tony Cavallaro, we both went out and had some local donuts. And although there are a variety of styles and flavors, the two basic are cake and yeast. So, and I think we already know the answer to this, but if you can only have one, do you go with the best cake donut or the best yeast donut? Oh, yeast all day. I do not enjoy a cake donut. Not one yeah. bit. I don't want to waste the cows. If I'm going to do a cake donut, you know what? Let's put it into cupcake form and put some frosting on it and make it a cupcake because that's what I want. Yeah, yeah. You know I'm what I mean? I, I look me. I love a cruller. Uh, I love a basic glaze. I love a maple bar. Those are all yeast. Uh, I will give the cake donuts props in one area and one area only. They are the most dunkable kind, I guess. If you if that's what you want to do, is dunk it. It 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 soaks up more, I guess, of milk, coffee. Yeah, but, dunkable dun- dunkability. But that's not my mo. My mo is like I love the airiness. Um, and I think it's mostly the, they have different rising agents. Uh, one is yeast. The yeast one has yeast and the other one is like baking soda or baking powder. Mm -hmm. That's one of the biggest differences between the two. A lot of the other stuff is kind of the same, you know, but yeah, I accept that yeast over the cakes. All right. Is there something that we don't know about (laughs) Tony? (laughs) I'm having a lot of fun, Tony. (laughs) A couple more questions. I know, dude. I love it. Is there something people don't know about Tony Cavallaro that you wish they knew or that you think they should know about you? I mean, I, I think I, I guess I talk about it privately more, but that I'm sober, that I'm long, I've, I'm long-term sober. 
Mm-hmm. Now, were you ever a drinker? Did you know that? You knew that, no. right? No, no, not really. Yes. I mean, I, I guess if I think I've never seen you drink, but like you know, uh, I guess I never thought about it. That's interesting. That's that's kind of yeah. rare, I think, in the comedy world too. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, I'm I'm over ten years sober. Was it a health thing? No. I, so allergic to, <laughs> allergic to alcohol. Oh, Bad things well, there, seem to happen when I oh, drink geez. alcohol. Jeez, Louise. Yeah. Well, let's look. <laughs> Maybe a blessing in disguise because, you know, alcohol, it's, it's not good for you. <laughs> it may taste delicious at times. Well, I'm just not one of those, you know, normal drinkers that could just have a beer or, uh, you know, just a, a glass of wine. So right. I was lucky yeah. that I kind of found out pretty early on. Um, yeah. You know, and, that uh, is, that is interesting and something I, that's something I didn't know about Tony Caballero. So thank you for sharing that. Uh in the future, Tony, there is going to be a movie called The Tony Cavallero Story. Mm. Who has who has the the guts? Who has the boss? Who has the skill set to play Tony Cavallero in that biopic? Oof. Um, I don't know. I, he's out there. He's yeah. young. He's hungry, and. Um, and he's he's uh, doing a lot of good in the world, and it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna come full circle, and he's gonna get get his big break playing yeah. Cody Cavallaro. There we yeah. go. You know, I was kind of thinking about this just as you're talking, and to me, we can't take people and put them together and make them into Tony Cavallaro, right? But if you could, I think you might take your co-star from Righteous Gemstones, Adam Devine. Also from Nebraska. Did you know that? He's also yep, from Nebraska. Yeah, I did too. Yeah. <laughs> he talks about it quite a bit. I've seen him a couple times at the like the Nebraska bars where we watch we all watch football together. Mm-hmm. Anyway, you take Adam Devine, you mix him with Jack Black, and I think you might have an acceptable skill set for Tony Cavallaro. I'd throw in one more. Okay. I'd throw in um uh Stifler. Oh, is this Sean William Scott? Is Sean William Scott. Yeah, you're I right. Think, I think that's my Instagram. Oh yeah, my my Instagram says "the baby of Farley and Stifler." <laughs> okay, I'm into that. <laughs> we came up with an amalgamation that is the perfect Tony Cavallaro. Combo. It's a tough question though, right? Because you want you want somebody that has like that looks like you, that has the essence of you, and you need several people usually to to do that. So I accept that answer. But also, got, you uh, never know. Like you never know. I mean, uh. Yeah, you just never know who who might I don't know where just be absolutely you know phenomenal. At, I think at, you're right though. I think the best person is someone that probably we don't know yet. Yeah. You know. You know. And that's that's very interesting to see. It, it's interesting to see people that you consider in your your type, I guess in Hollywood, mm-hmm. you know. Um I would have thought that like uh that you and Adam Devine are kind of the same type. Um, I think you're a little more physical than he is. You guys have a, a similar delivery sometimes, but that's that had to be kind of interesting in working with him too. Well, Did yeah, I mean, that? dude, for years I would go into auditions and people would be like, you know who you remind us of? That guy from Workaholics. I mean, for years. Yeah. And then I grew my hair out and finally it was like people weren't doing that comparison nearly as much anymore unless they got to know me. And and then I think there are right. little bits and pieces of of uh, of – Adam and, and, and I's personality that uh, inter, intermingle and, and mesh. Right. Well, I look, we're about to get out of here. 
I want to share one more story that I just thought of right now. So my first time, you know, so for you wannabe actors out there or you guys that are actors, uh, you know, you start out, you might start out doing some extra work like we talked about. And then you might work into the world where you're doing maybe like little co-stars, which is probably one scene, maybe one line, could be up to like five lines. That's usually your co-star deal. Uh, my first, one of my first times I went out for a guest star, uh, I was, it was just like, you're in a different world. Cause now you're like, oh wow, there's all these actors. I know every single actor in this room and I know, I know their work. That's not always the case in the co-star room. So I walk into this room. Oh gosh, what show was it for? Uh, the kids are all right. I think it was audition for the kids are all right. Um, and it was for a mailman scene and I walk in the room. And I see not only Dat Fan, who won uh, Last Comic Standing. Oh, my gosh. Uh, that's right. A couple other guys. And then I see Mr. Tony Cavallero uh, also in the room. And you totally decked out like the, like the postman. And I'm, you know, I'm trying to, in my head, be like, okay, it's just going to be whoever's most rises apart. But I'm kind of freaking out, you know, because it's my first time going out for a guest star. And then I have to go directly after you. And I got to say, you're sitting, you sit right outside the room, and you are just killing them in the room. I can just hear uproarious laughter, and then I'm like, I'm just like, okay, Tony, Tony's gonna have the energy, this certain energy that I'm not probably going to bring the same energy. So I'm just gonna go the opposite. So I just made a thing in the room. I'm gonna go the opposite, and you know, turns out neither one of us got the part. But the point is, I was like, that that's can be a little freaky when you start seeing people that have have done more stuff than you. And then you're not competing against them, you know? Yeah. It's, uh... it, it's so funny you say that, dude. I, I just, you know, for me, it's really been like, oh, the more you can just get all of that. That's the hardest part, I feel like, is getting all that anxiety and that stress and that weirdness and go in there and be the most uniquely you you mm-hmm. can be, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's so hard, you know, to, yeah. to do that. And, I've, dude, I have so... <laughs> I have so been in that situation so many times where like right. the, guy, the guy in front of me will be in there for a half an hour, yucking it up with the casting director, you know, Oh, how are the kids? Great. They're doing awesome. And then I go in and they have me just do like the first scene and yeah. then leave. <laughs> just right. Like, oh, well, shoot me. Have you ever seen this? Uh, have you ever seen FX's better things? I talk about the show a lot on, on breakfast. Oh, Oh um, no, I know. I, I, I don't think I have, but I love her. Um, yeah, Pamela Adlon. Yes. So she has a scene, I think it's in the pilot of Better Things, where she and, oh, I can't remember what the other actress's name is, Constance Zimmer. Her yes. and Constance Zimmer oh my God. are both uh, sitting in the waiting room, ready to go in for an audition. And Pam is kind of like, you should watch the pilot, uh, if nothing else. Um, she's laughing, kind of reading the sides and just laughing because the sides are like ridiculous. And then they're sitting there talking. And then uh, somebody else walks into the room. And then Pam just gets up and is like, they're like, what are you doing? She's like, I'm leaving. She's like, you're not going to audition? She goes, yeah, Julie Bowen just walked in. I'm leaving. I'm not getting this far. <laughs> oh, my so, yeah. gosh. So, so everybody's in that situation, and I thought that 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 was a uh, interesting scene. Well, Tony, this has been so much fun. Uh, guys, audience out there, if you would like to get more info on The Breakfast Show, such as pics of Tony Cavallaro and I enjoy, enjoying donuts from Blue Star Donuts, or what was the place you went, Tony? Baked Charleston. Yes, Baked Charleston. There are a bunch of ways to do that. You can hit me up on Instagram and Twitter at Scoops Pope. And make sure you follow the Facebook actor page at facebook.com forward slash brent.pope. Go to the show website, brentfast.com, or your favorite podcast provider. And if you like the show, 
please subscribe. Leave us a review. A year ago, less than a year ago, this show did not even exist, and now Brentfest is being enjoyed all over the U.S. and in 25 other countries, over six continents. The latest, New Zealand and uh, Uganda. Thank you, guys. And, and to the largest European Brentfest fan bases, England, Ireland, I see you guys. You're the best. Brentfest has made appearances on the podcast charts in Finland, of all places. Whoa. And trust me, yeah, and trust me, my bacon posse, my syrup squad, we are just getting started. Tony Cavallaro, what is coming up for you, and where can we find you on social media? Uh, you can find me everywhere at Tony Cavallaro. Um, actually, I just started a TikTok, which is, I think, Tony Cavallaro 1. So. Okay, yeah. <laughs> um, but um, you can find me there. And then my wife and I started a podcast called Slop the Podcast. You can check everything okay. out. Uh, Slop the Podcast on Instagram or slopthepodcast.com. And you can also watch The Righteous Gemstones or TBS's Miracle Workers or check out The Dirt on Netflix. And then hopefully I've got another movie coming down the pike um, this year called uh, We Broke Up. So that's everything right now, dude. Excellent. Well, Tony, you're you look, you're an inspiration to me. You are hilarious. I'm so happy for all your successes. You deserve it all. And you know, thanks for joining me for this for this episode. It's the season finale. I had to get a a mind-blowing guest, and that's who we got. Tony Cavallaro, guys. All that great information we got about the groundlings and all that stuff. I mean, wow. Thank you, Tony. Thank you so much for having me, dude. It's been so great to catch up with you, brother. Absolutely. And with that, we put a season-ending, climactic episode of Breakfast with Brent Pope in the old to-go bag. See ya in season two. Dude, are we going to talk about our donuts?